Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. It is day five, and we are in John chapter three, verses one through 21. Let me ask you a question. What creeps you out? I'll tell you what creeps me out. A video I saw recently about animals that can still move even after they die. I watched a video on this and they, it gave me 10 different animals or bugs that do this very thing. Number one, cockroaches. Disgusting. They can move around for two weeks after their, their head has been chopped off. That's why they say these things can survive an apocalypse. Number two, bees. Bees. Now, bees don't necessarily move after they die, but they can still sting you when they're dead. Their stinger still is lethal. So if you're allergic to bees, you better be afraid of both living and dead bees. Number three, chickens. Little chickens. They can still run around after their heads have been chopped off. Their bodies running around with no head. Just ask uh, Matthew Avila. He knows all about this. Uh, number four, octopus. They continue to move their tentacles for up to a week after they have been chopped off for calamari. My favorite. Number five, salamanders, slimy. They can regrow any part of their bodies after it has been chopped off. Number six, frogs. Take out the brain of a frog and it will still hop around and even croak if you pet its back like that. Isn't that weird? Number seven, flies. Get this, you can freeze flies alive and then you can take them out, you can defrost them, and they will just go on flying around like nothing ever happened again. Okay, number eight, turtles. Their heart still functions even when they are brain dead. They have enough oxy oxygen stored in their bodies to dive 5,000 feet after they die. Number nine, flatworms. Now these things are weird. If you chop a flatworm in half, the head will grow a new tail and the tail will grow a new head. It will just multiply. You can chop a flatworm into 20 different pieces and you will create 20 new flatworms. Isn't that weird? Disgusting. Number 10, girls, your favorite, snakes. Snakes, you think you're good if the, the head is chopped off? No, not only does their body still move around, but their chopped off head can still bite you and inject venom into you. I've chopped a head snake before and this is true. It didn't bite me though, I'm too fast. Okay, animals that look alive, even though they're actually dead, just creep me out. Don't they creep you out as well? They're scary. But I would perhaps add an 11th uh, one to this list and that is a human, yes. Why? Because even though some people look alive today, in reality, many are actually dead. Even though some are physically alive today, many are spiritually dead. And what we see in our passage today is that if you want to be spiritually alive, awakened, a miracle must occur. You must be born again. You say, what? I must be born again? How do you want me to go back into my mother's stomach? No. This is a different type of birth. The new birth, a spiritual birth. 
and only this birth will grant you entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to break this down into two parts today. Number one, the requirement, and number two, the remedy. What is, number one, the requirement in verses 1 through 10? Now, right off the bat, we're introduced to someone new here. His name is, what, Nicodemus. And maybe some of you can actually relate to him. It says here that Nicodemus was a Pharisee, which means that Nicodemus is a devoted scholar. He can tell you a ton about the Old Testament. He has all of these verses memorized. He can quote them to you. He knows his stuff. In fact, verse 10 of this passage, Jesus calls Nicodemus the teacher of Israel, which must mean that this guy is an important and highly respected Pharisee among the other Pharisees. Many Christians are the same today. Maybe even you can relate to him. You know all the Bible answers. You have ton of verses memorized. You practically lead your small group. You know, Logan's trying to lead the small group, but you just, you know way more than him. So you're trying to chime in and overpower him. You know so much. Your whole family is Christian. You've grown up in the church most of your life. Maybe most of your friends are Christians too. You look great on the outside, but just because a snake can move around after it's dead doesn't mean it's actually alive, right? Not only were the Pharisees known for being very smart, they were also known for being total hypocrites. They knew all the answers, but they had no real assurance at all. Matthew 23, verse 27 through 28 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you, you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and, are all, and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." You may be like Nicodemus. You may be fooling all of us. You may look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're nothing but filled with dead men's bones. It's not enough to know all the Bible answers. It's not enough to memorize all the verses in the Bible. It's not enough to attend youth group and church every single week perfectly. You can do nothing to save yourself or earn yourself a spot in heaven so what should you do what must be done what do you need and the answer is you need to be born again what do we see next in our passage Nicodemus has just called Jesus rabbi which is a respectful way to call him teacher Nicodemus makes the statement that Jesus must come from God because all of the signs that he has witnessed Jesus performed every day and uh, this must mean that Jesus is God and then Jesus begins to respond in verse 3 verse 3 says Jesus answered and then you have to stop there and say wait Nicodemus didn't even ask a question he just made a statement why is Jesus answering as if he asked a question because of what we learned in our last video at the end of John 2 Jesus is omniscient he is all-knowing. He knows the heart of every single person. And so he knows the heart of Nicodemus. He knows where he stands. And so there's no hiding or faking it with God. Jesus totally ignores the statement just made by Nicodemus 
and answers what is truly important for Nicodemus to understand. It says in verse 3, And Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus goes, huh? Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He plays along with the analogy. He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Nicodemus knows what Jesus is talking about. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus is telling him, Nicodemus, you're not listening, you're not understanding. Obviously, I'm not telling you that you must be physically born again, but that you must be spiritually born again. You must be born of water and of spirit. We see the same idea in Ezekiel 36, 25-27. The idea is that you need to be cleansed from your sin. You must be born again. Something supernatural must occur in your heart. A miracle must take place in order for you to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Nicodemus is getting real worried because he knows that he has no true assurance at all. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Let me ask you, students. Do you have any memories from when you were born? No, right? Did you have anything to do with your birth? No, right? You just cried like a little baby. This is the message that Jesus is proclaiming. Just like you played no part in your physical birth, you also play no part in your spiritual birth. There is nothing that you can do on your own that will ever earn yourself a place into heaven. It is all God. He does all the work. He performs the miracle. It is only Jesus. You must be born again. That is what you need. A new birth. But how does this work? Number two, let's look at the remedy. Let's reread verses 14 through 15. It says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. What Jesus is referring to here is found in Numbers 21. Verses 5 through 8, he says, The people spoke against God and Moses. They said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water, and we loathe this miserable food. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. Verse 7, So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord, that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent, and set it on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. The idea is the same here. 
We need someone to save us. Not from a poisonous venom of a snake, no, something far worse, something far more deadly. We need someone to save us from our poisonous sin. We are stained with sin. Romans 3.23 tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us that it is so bad because the wages of our sin is death. But in the very next verse of our passage today, we see the remedy. You know it. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him and this is referring to not every single person in the world we know that right not everybody will be saved but everyone without distinction that means every all types of people throughout the world can be saved through Jesus Christ by putting their faith in him the remedy is to put your faith in Christ. Recognize, admit, and truly believe that there is nothing that you can do on your own, that you need Jesus Christ. This is what Nicodemus needed to hear, wasn't it? That he cannot accomplish the law on his own. He needed to be saved. He needed to be born again. And my fear is that you have become too familiar with John 3.16. You've heard it a million times, but maybe you've never truly believed. Listen, the intensity of God's love for you cannot even be accurately described as he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die on the cross for your sins. And three days later, our Savior rose again from the dead. And for those of you who already have put your faith in him, what should we do? We need to remember that we have been born again. And so because we've been born again, we are new creatures. We're different than those who are truly dead spiritually. So we need to act like it, don't we? Also, we need to remember that nothing can be done in our own strength. You cannot obey on your own. You cannot please God on your own. You must depend on Christ and ask him to work through you. And lastly, remember his great love for you. Remember what his great love did for you, how it was displayed on the cross by paying for your sins and offering you a new life, a new birth today. So would you put your faith in him? Truly believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you. Number one, describe what it would look like for someone to look alive on the outside, but are actually dead on the inside, aka someone who claims to be a Christian, but is actually not a Christian at all. What would a person like that look like? How would they live? Number two, what does it mean to be born again spiritually? And number three, why do you need to be born again? Submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day five. Cinco de July uh, of the John Summer Challenge. See you tomorrow. Bye.